Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nordic Football Podcast. I'm Steve Witt, and I'm with Jonathan for Dugba. And the closing end of the season is right upon us in both the Elite Serien and the Alsvenskan. We're going to start in Sweden because there's only two games left. And we are very, very close to securing a league champion, Jonathan. It, very, it could have happened uh, tonight if your gun hadn't beaten Gif Sundsvall, but I don't think there's any real chance of that ever happening. But Hecken, a top of the point, a top of the table by six points with two games remaining. They have had this clutch moment of the season, Jonathan. They have delivered the goods, and uh, I, I know they obtained a massive result at the uh, the weekend. So, Jonathan, how are you doing, my friend? And I mean, this is quite extraordinary what's going on in in Sweden this year. Hi, Steve. Hi, everyone. Yeah, if you can. Uh detect the excitement in my voice and the kind of sort of happiness uh it's because we've had a fantastic round in sweden and um we, we're about to maybe have the one of the sort of landmark moments in swedish football history uh in the next week or so um obviously with potentially big winning the title um so yeah no i'm good i i know you've been uh hobnobbing it with the stars in leeds this weekend but uh, so i know you'll be very happy but i'm ready to go you are right, indeed. I have been um, at Ellen Road on on Sunday, uh, but I, I wish I'd probably been watching some of the Elite Serian games instead, such <laughs> as the uh, bad performances of Leeds um, against Fulham. But uh, yeah, in, onto onto the Alsvenskan then, and um, I mean, we talked about probably a month ago now about the tough run of games that Hecken had coming up soon. And you were saying it's going to go to the last game. They're going to maybe scrape over the line. They have to fight for every single point. Fair to say that things have gone even better than expected. It couldn't have gone any better for them after the draw against Varberg away, where you you said they're kind of starting to bottle it a little bit. They followed it with four straight wins. The latest against a Malmo side who just seem terrible right now, but they've done it again in the in the face of adversity with a red card. Took us through hacking against Malmo. Yeah, so I guess probably I'll just read out the results um, from the weekend. I think this might be might be the best. A, is this a new trend on the on the on the podcast to read out? All, yeah, I'm going to go results. for it because some people might not know who what will happen. But uh, Sunday, Helsingborg one, Degerfors two. We, we also had a midweek. We've also had a midweek round the week before, uh, which we haven't haven't actually talked about. Um, the big results from that probably Jurgarden beating Malmo away came from two nil down to win three two in the last minute. Unbelievable uh, result and game that one um, to keep themselves in the title chase. Jurgarden, fantastic resilience. Um, Gifsons lost at home to to Varnmo. Obviously, we'll talk about them later, but that was to be a crucial result. Um, Aik went to Beko Hacken and sorry, Beko Hacken went to Aik and won as well. Um, big result in Stockholm to continue their title charge. So there was some sort of big results. Degerfors beat EFK Jotoborg 3-1 in that midweek round as well. Hammerby drew one or was serious, absolutely bold. It we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Degerfors, massive results to sort of get them uh, a bit further away from relegation danger. But yeah, this this um, this round just gone. Helsingborg won Degerfors two. So back to back wins for Degerfors. Unbelievable run of results just as the season's about to end. Uh, Elsborg two, Hammerby one. Uh, Hammerby now out of the title race. Hacken 2, Malmo 1, which we like you just asked me about, and then we'll talk about that first. 
Uh, and then Diff for Gibson's final nil this evening. Varnamo one, North Shopping one. Serious nil, Kalmar nil. Meowby four, Vibo boys one. And EF Quotable one, AIK nil, back-to-back defeats for AIK. Um, so yeah, the Hack and Malmo game, Steve, it was, um, well, I was covering this on Twitter and, you know, I was saying, can, we went into this game knowing that if Hacken won and Eurogarden lose or drop points against Gifsunfar, Hacken are basically champions. So pressure game for Hacken. They've gone to Stockholm and beaten AIK. Uh, could they beat Malmo? You know, the, the outgoing champions have had a terrible season, but it's still Malmo, you know, still a big club. They can turn it on when they want. And, you know, were there going to be any nerves? Well, Steve, 42 seconds it took for Hacken to score um, in this game. After 42 seconds, Italy, lovely move, carved Malmo open like a Christmas turkey. Um, and Larson slapped one into the bottom corner of the net. It was a beautiful strike. Um, and from there, Hacken kind of controlled the match, to be honest. Um, the game was kind of popular for, well, the game was most talked about because of the, the referee. Uh, I think Mr. Carlson is it, the ref. A lot of comments about him, uh, a lot of criticism I've seen for him. Basically, I think there was a, most yellow cards in the game in the whole, whole season. This one, I think it had, uh, well, there was one red card for Yeremiev. I think there was 11 yellow cards, I might be I might be right in saying. Um, might have to double check that, but there was at least, by half time, there'd already been at least seven yellow cards. Five for Malmo and two for Beko Hacken. And I think there was a few more in the second half. I think there was maybe three or four more. It wasn't even really a dirty game, to be honest. But um, yeah, the, the kind of over-refereed match, maybe. But, Ten yellows and one red. Yeah, so it was the most in in an offense game, game this season. For me, um, Hacken showed their class in this game. They showed why they will, in my opinion, be champions. Uh, we have to keep a little bit of a lid on it because we can't really talk about it yet. But I think they will now get the job done. Um, be a, it would be a miracle if they didn't do it now, to be honest. But um, they, they showed the mark of champions in this game. Malmo were just poor, to be honest. Uh, Samuel Gustafsson got another one. Um, Bejimo got one late on just to kind of maybe make it a bit more difficult. But don't forget, Hacken played most of this half, second half with 10 men. Yeremiev was sent off for a kind of bit of a shove slash headbutt. To me, it was harsh. I think a yellow card would have been fine. Um, but yeah, this referee was very sort of pernickety and wanted to be involved. But really, Steve, this team is a champions team in waiting. The, the way they carved open Malmo. To me, they they have played the best football in, in Sweden this season. I think oh, all in all, they've got four really tough games to end this season. AIK away, they've won. Malmo at home, they've won. They now, Steve, go to EFK Göteborg, their biggest rivals, to win the title this weekend in the Gothenburg derby for the first time in their history. This will be one of the biggest games in Gothenburg football history. Genuinely mean that. Um, the magnitude of the game, Hacken have never won a title. This is like, you know, Leicester City stuff. Um, and we can talk about the evolution of Hacker. And, you know, I've actually spoken about them a lot in on this podcast. Um, but I, I have to say I'm absolutely gutted I can't be in Gothenburg this weekend. Like, I would <laughs> I would pay a lot of money to be at that game. Let's put it that way. Um, but I think it's going to be a classic. It's going to be a massive game. Uh, and there's so many storylines that could come out of it. But, yeah, the bottom line of it is, Beko Hacken can go to Gothenburg this weekend to go. They can cross the they can cross the bridge, and know that if they get a, uh, a win against the F Court, they are champions for the first time in their history. 
Do you know what? There was a very in- uh, I did a video for the Nordic Football Podcast um, November the tenth last year. Um, some football manager save suggestion ideas, and the video was entitled "Gothenburg Glory." I don't know if you saw this one, Jonathan, but basically, uh, I actually put in the. I'm looking at the itinerary of the episode here. And it says uh, the city has collectively won over 25 Swedish national titles, but none since 2007. And that is the only one this century. And that was EF Core. So I was basically saying pick a team from Gothenburg and end this drought of uh, titles uh, in Gothenburg. Well, in real life, it looks like there's a very good chance that that drought could end incredibly um, and potentially in a derby match against EF Core. I've got to be honest, is this EF Core going to win this game, in my opinion? I, I, there's no way they're going to let Hecken win the title on their own patch, Jonathan. I just, it's not going to happen. I would be, I will bet on EF Core Göteborg this weekend. I've seen them in their last two home games claim surprise wins as the underdog, and I think it'll be the same again. It's not going to be this easy for Hecken. They're not just going to breeze over the line here. And if they do, then fair play to them. But, um, I, I think it's a really great story um, for for Hecken, this, this smaller team from from Gothenburg, who they say one point. Or even if they lose it, though, they should really get that what they need on the last game of the season at home to Norshipping, in my opinion. So, uh, I mean, look, good luck to them. You know, they. I'm not saying I want them to win the title, but uh, you know, if they get the, the the gold medal, then they'll deserve it. The best team wins the the league. So. A prediction from you, are they going to win the title from here or are they going to blow it? They're going to win the title. <clears throat> I think they will go to Gothenburg and win. I think they'll be champions. Um, they've proved it many times. I think we have to talk about Bekwaken, uh a little bit. Don't know if we want to wait till they actually get it done. Well, yeah, I think we'd best not put the, the mockers on the mirror, had we? I mean, uh, but I'm sure, you know, get your piece ready, Jonathan, because... Uh, <laughs> A tribute to... They need one point. Uh, and although, like you said, I mean, there's already been comments this evening, I think, from uh, Sebastian Eriksson, who said, I will fight to make sure this does not happen. Um, the EF Core player, uh, he says, we have to win that match. It is an Osvetska match and a derby match. Some games are bigger than others. But it's clear we want to beat Hacken. Uh, we won against them away from home. And if we can win six points against the Swedish champions... Then it's not such a bad season. That's what Mika Starr has said, former Hacken manager, by the way. Um, so he's actually come out and said, to be honest, it's not a big rivalry. Um, they asked, there was a question after the game, like, how big a rivalry is it after the AIK game tonight that they've won? Um, and he, uh, Sebastian Eriksson's come out and said, it's not a big rivalry. He said, I dare not think about it too much. I think we're going to win that game. I don't know what to say. I don't want it. I'm a, I've been a Blavit fan, which means, you know, get um, Gothenburg fan all my life. I will fight to prevent it from happening. But he says that the rivalry is not big. Um, and he says, would it hurt to see, for them to win the gold in, in your back garden? He basically says, they've done really well and they've worked hard for many years. They are where they are and we are where we are. It's not a strange feeling, um, but you should think it should be the other way around, really. We should be the ones winning the title. Um, but he says, it's not like that. But again, they will not be allowed to win here on Sunday. So there's a big. They don't need to win, though, do they? They need to get a draw. That's a draw is enough for them, in fairness. So, but the thing is, this is a this is a this is the storyline, Steve, that we are going to come back to after this game this weekend. Because when he says it's not a big rivalry, I'll give you the context of this. They're like 
basically in Gothenburg, Hissingen. This is where I live, by the way, when I lived in Gothenburg. I lived in Hissingen. I live like 10 minutes from the stadium. So for me, this is like almost personal. Like, I'm, I'm actually almost emotional not to be there. Like I would love to be at this game. I would get the little tram from my house to to Beckel Hacken's ground, two trams, be there in like 15 minutes um, and walk across to the stadium. But basically in Gothenburg, you've got main Gothenburg and then you've got Hissingen, which is like where Hacken are based and where, you know, where the stadium is. And it's a little region. And they basically like, the, the, the like Gothenburg kind of looks a little bit down on Hissingen and there's a feeling like um, Hacken are basically just little upstarts. They're kind of looked down upon in, Swedish, in, in Gothenburg football, let alone Swedish football. You know, they don't have a huge amount of fans. They didn't, I think they took 65 fans, 67 fans to AIK, which is, you know, not much for a team that's going for the title. Obviously, there's a lot of sort of snarky comments on Twitter about that. They're not a big club by any means. And so when when Ericsson says that, oh, it's not a big rival, they're not a big rival, that's like a little pointed comment. There's a bit of arrogance there on that. From And, and there's a, the feeling from Hacken fans is like, they're looked down on like that. And there's that bit of arrogance from EF Core and people in Gothenburg towards them. So that is a comment. I'm pretty sure Pirmetti Tongan might even, you know, you might want to stick that on the dressing room wall and say, if they're not rivals, then show them what we are. But I think I can have been so good this season in big games. Like you say, they did lose the first derby. So we'll see what happens. But um, I can't really stress enough what a big potential achievement. This is a bit like Glimt, um, who we talked about in Norway for quite a few years. You know, winning their first ever title. This is you described be, it as Leicester City esque, didn't you, in a recent podcast? Yeah, it's going to be similar to that, and we'll talk about it. You know, I've, I've we had Sonny Carlson, didn't we, with their former sporting director on the podcast many years ago. If you if you if you go on the search bar and Google it, you can listen to that interview. I went behind the scenes at Hacken, interviewed the sporting director, sat in his office, had a coffee with him. Um, he's not no longer there. They've got a whole new backroom team now, but this is something that's been growing for a while, thanks to the Gothia Cup a little bit, the money that's been injected through that. And the club has slowly, slowly grown, but it would be like a bit of a glimpse situation to to actually win a title. I think not many people can believe it, um, but <clears> it could <throat> happen as of this weekend. So, yeah, Hecken on 60 points. Your garden have rebounded after a run of terrible defeats. They won two in a row now. They came from behind to beat Malmo in the midweek round and then beat Gift Sundsvall 4-0 on Monday evening. Only they can deny... Heck, and the title now, you're going to win, got to win their last two to have any chance of, of, of getting the, the, the gold medal. Of course, they're awaiting Norshipping and the home to Mialbi elsewhere behind them. Hammerby, Kalmar, Aikor, they've all been dropping points recently. Looks like you're going to going to be set for second place now, Jonathan, and uh, they can sort of uh, focus on their Europa Conference League campaign, hopefully qualify out of that group, probably win that group, actually, with a good finish. And, um, you know, the rest of the, the league away, it's it's shaping up. I mean, I guess we're sort of going to give Jurgen second place here. Third place, though, it's up for grabs and the final European spot. Who do you think is going to get there? Because teams have been dropping points. Uh, well, third, third is up for grabs. It's looking like um, it's looking like second will be will be diff. Um, I thought they would win the title, to be honest. So I, th- I really think the uh, Euro- the European football is kind of has kind of stopped them a little bit. So I think that's hampered them slightly. Um, and you'll never know. We'll never know. Um, Hammerby are now in third, 50 points, obviously 10 points behind. Hacken, they're officially out of the title race. Uh, they absolutely bought it this week, Stephen. I've seen a lot of comments from Hammerby fans and even a lot of followers on the pod um, came out and said it's, it's basically what, Hack- what Hammerby do. Sorry, 
uh, almost like the Spurs of maybe you know that reputation of kind of bottling things when it gets go when it gets tough. Um, saw some comments about Fuentes' style of football as well, sort of saying that they don't go for the jugular when they're doing well in games. They're too passive when they when they get ahead in, in games, which I can I can see that criticism to be honest. I think they've really lost a massive opportunity to win this title. I, I think you know Hacken have never won it, but Hammerby have only you know they've they've barely won it much themselves, and they have a much bigger fan base than Hacken. And I think the Stockholm teams, for example, would, would be a lot more happy with Hacken winning it than they would have if Hammerby had won it. Um, but they've just been they've just been too weak. You know, two wins in the last what is it ten? I think uh, nine maybe. Um, yeah, know, and the, the last series, um, they absolutely bottled that game last week midweek. Uh, they were comfortable in that match. It was one nil. They had all the possession, and then an absolute howler from Oliver Dovin, who I've praised a lot. The goal, young goalkeeper. Um, well, you could argue it was the you could argue it was the defense's fault, but basically rolls it out, you know, trying to play that kind of build from the back style of play, rolls the ball out to a man who doesn't realise he's being pressed, who literally, um, Stenson just ran him from behind him, nicked the ball off him before he could receive it and just tapped it into a pretty much empty net. Comedy of night errors um, for that. And that goal basically meant, to, meant it was a one or draw against Sirius when they had been completely in control of it. And that really summed up their season, to be honest. Um They've then followed up losing to Elsborg. Obviously, in the last minute, Noah Soderberg goal, 89th minute to, to lose that, and, and that puts them out of the race. And those two matches just sum them up. They're too flaky when it when it counts. Um, the Barisha signing, I know we've got some listener questions. The Barisha signing doesn't seem to have worked. He was dropped um, in a recent game. And, and I think there's that feeling that although he's quite a good character in the dressing room, and I, I know he came with a lot of fanfare, has he really had a big impact? I'm not sure. Um, has the manager chopped and changed it too much? They made a lot of signings. Have any of them really? Have any of them really done well in the since the summer? Uh, likes of David Concha and they've, they've signed quite a lot of players. Shaquille Pinas. Um, just you know, my my overriding feeling: Hamid Hamid really bowled it, especially these last two games. They, they unquestionably bowled it. And the interesting thing is, Mahana Gaze actually came out um, and said it himself. He said that the team doesn't have enough kind of leaders and basically that, that winning mentality. Um, and I don't forget DA's kind of put in a transfer request pretty much was desperate to leave in the summer. The club didn't let him leave. And obviously he was, he was dropped from the team for a while, worked his way back into it, but you know, he's come out and basically slammed, slammed the club. I, I know he's probably on his way out. So he, he maybe he feels he can get away with it, but pretty damning comments to say that about a dressing room that you're part of basically, but he's kind of right. You know, they just haven't had that leadership to, to get it over the line. Yeah, very, very disappointing, I think, from, from Hammerby's perspective. I'm just looking back to this uh, FM video suggestions that I gave. And uh, I talked about a team from Gothenburg called uh, Utsikens BK. And uh, they're actually in Super Retten now. They're in ninth place. So they're they're ahead of all Greet. So right, this thing stand. This team called Utsikan is the third best team from the Gothenburg region in terms of ranking. The strange things are going on in, in Gothenburg football these days. I mean, guys, I don't know. What, I mean, they're certainly in the third tier. I don't know how they're doing this year. Or Greet are in relegation trouble again. Hecken could be winning the title. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck is going on? No pun it's intended. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I say into that, that top that top three could be. I mean, Hammerby against Kalmar coming up soon, and um, I noticed Hammerby are, are 
odds on favourites to win the game. I'm not sure about that because Calmo can be quite hard to to break down. And Malmo, Malmo could fin- could potentially finish as low as ninth this season now, Jonathan, which would be insane. Uh, let's do have a look down towards the the bottom of the table though, and there's been some developments because it, I mean it looked like a it looked like it had been decided who the bottom three was going to be. Give Suns all that. Give Suns while they are relegated. Helsingborg are going down again. The team now in the relegation playoff spot is Varberg because Degafors have found some incredibly good form out of nowhere. They've got a one point lead over Varberg, Jonathan. Who I'm not saying Varberg have sunk like a, a lead balloon or anything here, but um, they're suddenly in, under a lot of pressure after a bad run of uh, results. Yeah, and um, I did say on a recent episode, Steve, that I think Sirius and Viber could get sucked into this. I even said North. You did. Viber. You certainly did. Yeah, and it has come to transpire. Degafall has been in fantastic form lately. Uh, they've really found the character. You know, they signed the likes of Djurgic, and funnily enough, I, I saw a few comments saying that Hammerby lacked players like Jurgic. Obviously, he used to be at Hammerby. Um, and I know he, I know this season we've laughed at him a lot when he punched the punched the dressing when he punched the uh, hoardings at halftime when they lost 6-0 to Elsborg. I remember that game at halftime. Got sent off in that game, I think, as well. Uh obviously got caught clubbing as well. I think we criticized him at that point. But I'll I'll say one thing about uh Jurgic. He, he is a fiery character, you know. And sometimes you want that in your dressing room. You know what I mean? Someone just got a bit of a bit of fight, a bit of bite about them. You might just rally people and rile people. Do you know what I mean? Just and I, I saw a few comments from sort of supporters saying that they kind of miss that Georgia style leader in Hammerby. I, I can kind of I can kind of empathise with that. I, I, I can see it. Um, they haven't lost a game since August, Steve. Degafors have been really mm. uh, they're eking out sort of either draws or narrow wins. And the only game they actually have won by more than one goal. Um, in recent weeks was against, uh, well, EFK Yothenburg 3-1 and then Uruguay only beat 3-0. Incredible result. Um, but they've got two back-to-back wins. This was a crazy end because Juric was the one who basically relegated Helsingborg. Um, Helsingborg won, Degafors 2. They took the lead in the fourth minute. Gustav Lagerbilka, uh, Amien Alhamawi equalised for Helsingborg. But they knew that they had to not lose this game, otherwise they'd be relegated. Um they threw everything at it, Steve, and it was basically uh, everyone up for a for a corner, uh, up for a set piece. Sorry, um, get hit on the break, and Georgic just countered and basically had an empty net, fired it in, and that was the end of good night, good night, Helsingborg. They will be relegated, <clears throat> and probably the only good thing that's happened to Malmo this season really is seeing their big rivals go down again. I think you know that, that rivalry is always there. Um, it's been a terrible. They're season. the biggest yo-yo club around now, Helsingborg in Sweden, aren't they? Yeah, it's been a terrible season for football in Scania in general. Uh, Helsingborg and Malmo have been pretty poor, and um, Helsingborg's future is now confirmed. We also know that Gisundsvall uh, <clears throat> will be relegated. I don't think we've talked about it, but they've been a bit of a nightmare. Um, <clears throat> they've actually uh, Forest Lasso. They're they're um, you know we've talked about their defender, the sort of interestingly named American Forest Lasso. He's been dropped for the most recent game. There was a bit of controversy around that. Um, he posted a clip after the uh, relegation was confirmed on Instagram of his season highlights. Now, not sure if that's the wisest thing to do, but basically um, he got slaughtered for it <laughs> by... by um, Hold on a minute. 
This is a team that's got 14 points. They've conceded 73 goals. He's a defender, if I remember <laughs> correct. And he's posted a video of his season highlights. I mean, is that a joke or or what? I mean, what? Well, Brian, well, Brian Clarehart came out and said, I don't know what social media is. It's Kardashian shit and stuff like that. But no one is bigger than the club and the team. That's all I have to say. Uh, but basically, the report, the reports coming out of Sweden are that, yeah, he, he posted a clip on Instagram with his season highlights and then he had to delete it because he got so much criticism from supporters and then he's been left out of the, the game tonight. Hasn't made much difference. They lost 4-0 at Yeo Garden. Um, but yeah, he's been a, he's been an important part of the squad really. So maybe he's looking for a move out of there. <laughs> but yeah, he, they're, they're, they're gone and down. Um, there's been an announcement, I think, from Gisun's Files, chief, a sporting director. He's basically said they'll review everything in the, in, in the closed season. They'll have to make some changes. There's rumours uh, a couple of players might be sold. I think Forrest is one. I think Ronaldo Damus is another. And, and Saku Latupa are the three that they might sort of try and sell to make a bit of money. So maybe um, Forrest is trying to put himself in the shop window before the season's actually done. But uh, yeah, safe to say it didn't go down well with uh, fans of Gisun as well. I think, it's, I think they need they need Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso, don't they, rather than Forrest Lasso <laughs> at uh, Gifts. I'll tell you what, if I do an FM suggested uh, videos for for Sweden. I think Gif Sundsvall is definitely going to be one of the clubs. Take take Gif Sundsvall, the most northerly Alsvenskan club, to to glory. I reckon that'll be a good one for for anyone because well, we just did have a listener terrible. question about uh, who to be on FM, and I did. I think I posted. I sent I sent him the link to your. To I'll do one. I will do it. With, the FM officially gets released. The beta version's out already. Yeah, full version gets released sometime in November. So I will, I'll do one. I'll do one. I think Gift Sunswell will be definitely one of the suggestions. Uh, Just on Varberg, because we hardly ever talk about them. Um, Obviously, there's still two games left. There's only one point in it. I mean, what sort of state are they in? If they were to finish 14th, would you be backing them to to win the playoff against possibly Osters? It looks like in the Super Ren. Um, I've not watched much of Oster, so I'd find it really hard to comment on that if it is going to be them. Mm. But I will say that I think Varberg have been pretty poor. They, their squad is too big. I always say you you just don't know who's going to play. I feel like I feel like kind of the, I feel like the honeymoon's over with Varberg. I've, I've barely watched them this season, and when I do, they're not that great. They had a great win against AIK, which was good, I think, and they had a couple of highlights. But you know, they're, they shouldn't be at this level, to be honest. Like they're punching way above their weight. And, and it's kind of one of those ones where after a certain amount of time, you're treading water, basically, to just stay stay above. You know, you, you, you're trying to stay above water, basically. And I think it's just catching up to Varberg now. They don't have the really the resources. They've made some good sort of sales in recent years. I think they sold a player to, to Dijon, didn't they? Um, the left back. Uh, Traore, I, I think. Yeah. Might have been. Um, yeah. He was a good player. So they have brought in some money with some sales. Obviously, Selmani, for example, they sold for good money to... Um, to Hammerby, he's now gone on, I think, to Israel. But the the end of the day, I think they're just treading water and 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 they're struggling. You know, they've taken a they've taken a pumping against uh, Mialbi tonight. Um, and I don't four one against Mialbi. That, that's more goals than Mialbi have scored all year, isn't it? Nearly. They're not known for battering sides like that, are they? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, with two games to go. They've got to play... They've got Malmo at home, which is winnable right now, in fairness. Mm. And then they've got... I think the last game is... 
Serious, Patel, I think it is. Yeah, serious away. So, I mean, that could be a decider. I mean, serious have mm. got a potentially valuable point against Kalmar um, in that nil-nil draw. But yeah, I mean, even Northrop could still on points. They're not out yeah. of it. Northrop um, still need something. Still need one point to be sure, pretty much. Uh, so we know that it will definitely be Helsingborg and Gibson's not going down. Um, Ryberg are currently in that relegation playoff in 14th points. Uh, sorry, in 14th place. Dega Fours are in good form. Um, Sirius are not in good form, but maybe they just about got enough good enough points. Four points. Uh, I think Dega Fours have got um, the next two games of Varnum at home and Malmo away. So I think those those are two actually quite tough games. We have to give a massive shout out to Varnum for staying up. Well done to David Cellini um, and Kim Helberg. They've done a fantastic job there to keep that team up because they I have, have been, I think, arguably the lowest budget in the league. So we yeah. talk about Varberg, but but they've had that offense game money for two, three years now. Varnum have done it with no money and hardly any staff. So if you go back and listen to that interview with David Cellini, um, he really does go into the details on Varnum. And for them to stay up this season, it's been incredible. Antonson's been linked with a move to North Shopping now. Looks like he probably will leave at the end of the season to get a much bigger move. But he's been a revelation for them. Second top scorer in Osvenska. We will round off this section with a couple of questions. Uh, I'll move to Carl Woodgate's question soon. But uh, sticking with the theme of relegation, uh, our man Team Overs, a very loyal supporter of the podcast down the years, asks, are any Division 2 surprises for the season? Has to be Osterson facing relegation two years in a row, right? Yeah, good to see you, Mr. or Mrs. Team or <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Team overs. <laughs> um I think they I think actually, to be honest, I know it might sound a surprise, but I think a lot of people thought they would get back to back relegations. The finances have been a nightmare, obviously since the uh Daniel Schimberg trial. Um they've just had a lot of financial issues. Osterson probably lucky maybe not to um some of the penalties they've faced and, and and maybe they've kind of some people feel they've got away with it um basically the money's gone um and they just don't have the resources now to sort of sustain it they're on a downward trend anyway just you know such a bad few years for them in terms of losses of players losses of management staff um the the, the whole sort of turmoil around the financial scandal that the, you know shimbo sensitive prison all that kind of thing um so it's not really a surprise i mean Maybe they could have stayed up this season, but I think there's a general feeling that they're going to go sort of come back, go back to where they've come from um, before Potter came along, which was kind of like the fourth division. So, yeah, that unfortunately, that fairy tale is well and truly kind of dead. Um, if they stay up, it'd be, I think, a good achievement for them. Um, but even if they stayed up, I think the finances mean that they'd still probably struggle next season. Um, in terms of surprises, you've got Bromham Poikin, obviously, on the verge of a return back to all Svenskan. Um, you know, they were in third tier not long ago under Sean Constable. Now they're looking at maybe, I think it might even be back-to-back promotions after back-to-back relegations. So, Bromer Poikina, you said that, you know, you talked about Helsingborg being a yo-yo club. I think Bromer Poikina are the ultimate yo-yo club because they do it. They, they they go down, 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 and then up, up, up. Um, but yeah, I think hopefully that answers your question. I think we did talk a little bit about second division teams last week as well. Um, but yeah. I worry for teams that go down from Alsvenskan because Urubro are down in 12th. Oshersen's obviously in, in, in trouble. Dalkurd at bottom of the table and they were Alsvenskan not too long ago. And I've seen several other sides have gone down and down again, not necessarily straight away, 
But it can be a difficult um, relegation into Super and I think it's a really competitive league. And um, one other question, it was from Carl uh, Woodgate. Uh, can Hecken build on this title? He puts in brackets, barring a crazy end for next season, or do you think they'll lose key players like Yeremiev and Rigard? Uh, that's a great question. Obviously, they've not won it yet, so maybe we could... we could. Um, I, obviously, I have to curb my enthusiasm a little bit. Um, but they do have a bit of money, Hacken. We'll talk about it if they do in the title. We'll talk about their whole story. Uh, they do have the finances to potentially keep players. Uh, who did you mention? Rygaard. I think Rygaard will have a lot of interest. Um, but he's only just been there for one season, so I imagine he might want to stick around. Yeremiev already left and came back. Um, I think I'm right in saying that. He obviously went to Germany. Didn't really work out for him. Um, he has had interest, obviously, with the amount of goals he mm-hmm. scored. But I think he might think to himself, I've already been abroad and it didn't work out for me, so maybe I should stick around. I mean, if they win the league, they're going to have Champions League football for the first time in their history. So I think a lot of these players might fancy a European journey. I think the big I think the big issue for them might be their manager, actually, Steve. I think Per Matti Togma, we, we have to talk about him at a later date. He's done an unbelievable job. Um, the way he's turned that club around. I mean, one observation I had about Hakan uh, in the Malmo game, the, the way they just open up, pen, the, the way they open up spaces to get into the penalty area is really impressive. They, they sort of have midfielders who can play into the half spaces. Um, they can either tee up the sort of wing, wing backs, the full backs who can get forward and put crosses in, but they also have sort of wingers who can cut inside or go outside. Sadiq, you know, he was really dangerous against Malmo, I thought. Um, you know, then they've got a striker who can finish things off in a six-yard box or a penalty area, Yamriyev. You know, they've got midfield, they've got technical midfielders who can sort of go past the man, they're press resistant, they can they can sort of receive it on the half turn, play passes into those half spaces, and, you know, in behind defences. The way they turn defences, um, like AIK and Malmo, is really, I think the, the coach leaves a huge amount of credit for what he's done there because they are they, they are the real deal in terms of the way they attack teams. Um, Malmo, at certain points in that game, just didn't know where, whether they were coming or going. It wasn't like a kind of, I don't think this season's been like a fluke. They, they've, they've outplayed a lot of teams. They really, really have. Um, I think it will be a collective look at them and people will say, okay, who, who can we take? I think you might look at someone like Sadiq. You might look at someone like, um, I think the fullbacks might have a little bit of interest. I know they're both quite young. Um, maybe, obviously, the, the Gustafsons have come back from being abroad. So maybe, I think a few of them will say, listen, I fancy a Champions League crack. But maybe one or two fringe players or one or two players who aren't maybe necessarily full-time regulars all the time might, might get a little bit of a look in. But really, it's a story of a collective effort from a hack. And it's not like, it's not like one huge star that's kind of carried him to the title. Although Yeremiev's goals obviously have been a, a massive part. Thank you very much for your questions uh, there, Team Overs and uh, Carl Woodgate. More questions to come in the second half of the episode where we're going to talk about uh, elitisary matters. Do just, join just us. Just to interrupt you there, Steve. Um, I know that there's a certain listener who will be wondering. I need to just talk about Kalmar for a minute. Um, ah. Reestrom's come out tonight and said that he will stay. There's a lot of rumors about also the Mialbi manager potentially maybe going to AIK. Um, but basically, Reestrom came out this evening and said, I will be staying. I've extended till I don't even know when. Um, it's 2024, by the way. But uh, he has basically said, um, 
regardless of whether they get sort of a qualifying place for the Conference League. And to be honest, I would love to see Calmar in the Conference League. I think that I think that would be deserved. I really hope they get it. I hope that um, I think that the seasons that AIK, the likes of Malmo, I mean Malmo are out of it now, but they've they've been so poor this season. Some of the big boys that I really hope Calmar can maybe get grab that last spot. I'm not sure if they will. Uh, I think that Hammerby game is a tough game for them, um, but I think that will be a good game. And um, Reestrom is going to have a lot of interest, and people keep asking him, "Is he staying?" He said he's enjoying it. I'm enjoying myself. I have an incredibly stimulating job. Um, I know that Wesson uh, on Twitter did say that his, I think his family or his children um, kind of uh, are settled in the area. So, yeah, good good news maybe for Camel fans. Can they get that job done and get that Conference League spot? Because I think it would be really good for the likes of Ove Pedersen, a good friend of the pod who we love his positive, positive vibes on the videos. Um, and of course, for Wasson, who's a loyal supporter of this podcast. So let's see if they can get it done. But I think Reestrom has said he's come out and said he would stay. We'll see. I'm not sure if I 100% believe it because there's some huge jobs now available in Los Angeles again, potentially. But um, he said he'll stay. Yeah, I can just imagine getting into the Conference League and drawing someone in, say, Azerbaijan and that he's on the plane <laughs> supporting Kamar that far east it would be good to see them get into into europe wouldn't it i must say still a chance always yeah, to win the swedish cup as well so uh malmo are gonna have to win the swedish cup now aren't they to to qualify for europe so um plenty to fight for and uh yeah like i said we will be uh talking about norwegian matters in part two of the episode so stick with us and we'll see you again very soon Welcome to part two of this week's episode of the Nordic Football Podcast. My name is Jonathan Faduba, and I'm joined as ever by Steve Wiss, switching to Norway now. There's not too much to talk about. We talked a lot about Molde last week. So if you haven't listened to that last week's show, I thought um, we had some good feedback on it. And uh, Steve, you did a very good job in analysing Malmo. And Sorry, Malmo. I've got Sweden on the brain. Analysing Molde, the champions, and uh, of course, early Moo. So if you haven't listened to the episode, you want to know more about Molde, who are now 15 points ahead at the top of the table. They are champions already. Um, just go back and listen to that episode because Steve gave a great job of it in part one of that show, um, pretty much at the beginning of it, so you can tuck straight into it. Um, I think the the, the, po- the podcast last week on YouTube is also time-stamped, so you can you can listen to that relevant section. Follow us on YouTube with the Nordic Football Podcast. Just type it into your browser and on YouTube and it should come up. Um, and then hit that subscribe button, please. We're nearly at 500 subscribers on YouTube, which is great. Um, but yeah, Mulder are already champions. There's not a huge amount to talk about this week, really. A couple of teams are nearly safe. The likes of Hamcam, um, good friend Tom Dent on the pod, nearly, nearly there. Um, Viking is sort of plundering a little bit, I know. Uh, but I think the main thing we just wanted to talk about is something we discussed last week, Steve, that Mulder Rosenborg game. Mm. We announced that there'd be no guard of honour. Rosenborg put out a very spiky statement, which we had a, we had a good chuckle about and a bit of a deb- debate. How did it all go down on the day. It's like I said, I think they were their own worst victim in this game. They'd have been better off keeping their mouth shut ahead of it because I think it fired up Mulder more and Mulder won the game 2-1. And um, the manager was not happy at the end. Chesel Rechdal said, 
The way we conceded the first goal is a disaster away from home against the league champions. And with the atmosphere as it was, we let them get away with a flying start. We are just not good enough or mature enough to come away with the points against the league champions right now. And it said it's no coincidence that Mulder have had 14 victories in a row uh, because you can see that the level that they are, they're at right now and the level that he said that Rosenborg need to need to aspire to. So disappointing from a Rosenborg point of view. Um, I mean, it was a good test for them. Mulder was certainly fully fired up and fully motivated. They're always going to want to beat Rosenborg at home even more so now. And yet another win. I mean, this is incredible that, uh, I mean, they could end up with six seventy-eight points, which would not be far off the Buda glimpse total of I think eighty-one they got the other the other year. So we've had some exceptional league champions here in Norway in in the last three seasons, Jonathan. Really, last four seasons, to be honest. So it's an absolute train is this Molder team right now. They've got bigger fish to fry in the Conference League in the next two games, two crucial games for them which they want to get through. But um, it wouldn't surprise me now if they finish the season with, what, 17 straight wins. And Rosenborg, now they've got a massive game coming up against Buda Glimpse at home for them so, to, to see how they get on in that. I suspect they'll do better in that game because they've been really good at home this season. But uh, Lillestrom are only just behind them now on, by virtue of goal difference. So Rosenborg have to win their last three games to guarantee themselves third. And uh, that's pressure. Yeah, your man, uh, Dacho Fafana, was on the score sheet, decent finish in the box, right-footed. Uh, Bryn Hilton scored the first goal. Um, I don't know what the keeper's doing. He's flown, out of his, flown off his line here. It's a bit like watching, um, I don't know. Elan Meslier, the way Leeds are playing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like the Bayern goalkeeper. Completely forgot his name. Neuer. <laughs> yeah, it's like Neuer flying out. Uh, completely missed it and Bryn Hilton just taps it in. Well, not taps it in. It's, about, it's like near the halfway line, but he just fires into an empty net. Uh, and then Leo Cornick, formerly of Diff, um, got a goal back for uh, Rosenborg, but uh, too little too late. As you said, maybe the manager not pleased with how they performed. And this Mulder team just continues to go from strength to strength. They really are impressive, aren't they? Um, but they really have built up a good head of steam. Uh, Steve, I'm going to just ask you a couple of questions now because we, mm. we normally do a European preview um, but we haven't done that yet. I feel like talking about the league was more relevant but let's do it now. So I'm going to very quickly quickly and concisely Steve, I'm going to ask you predictions. Zurich, Buda Glimt. Yeah, Buda Glimt win the game. And if they do win that game they'll have seven points. Zurich are already on zero, are on zero points they're already out. Um, but Glimt are in third place they need to sort of low, close the gap on PSV, who was second. Arsenal the top with four wins from four, and they are pretty much through. Um, but yeah, Glimt, that's a massive game for them, actually. They need to keep the pressure on. Uh, so good luck to Glimt. Uh, I'm going to ask you for, I'm sure you don't want to predict HJK Roma, but um, we've also got Malmo, Union Saint-Gilwa. Malmo are already out. They've had a nightmare season. If you haven't listened to us talk about Malmo, go back to last week's episode in part two. Did a bit of a breakdown on 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 Malmo and their goings on, but yeah, they're they're well out of it. Uh, nothing to play for really there. They can't even, you know, they can't go anywhere really with that one. Um, they've got zero points from four games, and Union Saint Genois are top with ten points. So I've, I think it maybe they might get a draw, but to be honest, Malmo aren't up to much these days. Um, but let me just ask you quickly about the other the other game. 
um, in the Conference League. What is your prediction in that game that Mulder will play against Jurgen at home this week, this Thursday? I think you should mention the HJK game. I know someone who's tipped Roma to win to nil in, in that game, but uh, Mulder will beat Jurgen, in my opinion. I think they're the better team. I think strange things happened in the Stockholm reverse fixture. There was red card. Jorgarten just seemed to, the crowd had a big part to play in that match. But I think fundamentally, Mulder are much the better team and I would expect them to win that fixture. Yeah, they need to win if they want to top the group. Um, Diff are currently top with four, with, uh, four games, 10 points. They've been remarkable in the Europe, got Jorgarten. They've really, they've really shown Inspired. up. Inspired. Mm. They haven't lost a game yet. Um, Against you know they like to steal the players from our league, Steve. But how are they doing in how are they doing in Europe, eh? How are they doing? Third place. Uh, Shamrock Rovers bottom. Let's hope Shamrock Rovers beat them, and we can get both our, our teams through. Yeah, you can steal our players, but you can't steal our swag. Um, again, <laughs> that'll be a nightmare if they don't make it out of this one. Um, they won't live that one down from us anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, my my prediction is I think I think Moldova will win as well. I think you're going. Uh, they're okay. They've rested. They rest, they've rested a few players tonight. Actually, Ed Varson wasn't wasn't in the team against Sundsvall for some reason. Um, but yeah, I think Mulder will probably narrow win, maybe two one three one. Um, yeah, so that is that. Uh, let's let's move on. Relegation battle. Yeah, touch on that. The, yeah, and it's. I mean, if you look at the form table uh, for all of the bottom six, actually, and it doesn't look very good right now. No one is getting points, Jonathan. It seems. Um Hamcam let, Drew. Let before you before you do that, yeah, Hamcam Drew. Before you do that, let me just read that results actually, if that's okay. Mm, yes, yes. On the weekend. Um also we had a some we had a midweek game as well. Year lost against Arlesund at home, one nil. Uh we then had Hamcam one, God set one, as you just mentioned there, odd two Wallerenga one. Arlesen then got another back to back win against Sandifjord. Um Glimp five, Christiansen nil, Christiansen second bottom. Um Yerv Two Viking two, you have a bottom of course. Halgerson nil, Lillestrøm one. Halgerson just above water in twelfth, but they are ten points clear of, of relegation, so they aren't going to go down this season. So they're safe. Um, Salzburg one, Tromsø one in mid tableish, and then Molde obviously two, Rudenborg one as we mentioned. Um, so yes, carry on. Steve. We've got Hamcam, mm. Sandefjord, Christiansen, Jørg at the bottom four. Yeah, Hamcam drew against Troms Godset at home. Which I think is a poor result for them. Actually, I I, I looked at I, I really strongly fancied Hamcam to win that game because Godset have got about seven or eight injuries at the moment. It was a really good time to face and Strom's Godset are not very good away from home. They got nothing to play for. It was a great chance to win, but they could only draw again. And thirteen draws in twenty-seven games is incredible number of draws. It's not a league that is known for draws down the years. So to have that many is, is remarkable. It's an okay point, though, because yet again, the teams below them just have done nothing. Sandifield lost once more to Arlison, so Arlison are now fully safe. Christiansen lost 5-0 Buda Glimt. Okay, I think that was expected. You have got a draw against Viking. So none of those teams are officially down yet. The next match is a big one, Sandifield against Ham Cam. And I think if... If Sanderfjord are going to have a chance of uh, surviving automatically, they're going to have to win that game. But at the same time, they've got to look over their shoulder because Christiansen, I looked at Christiansen's fixtures, they do have three favourable games. And the last match is um, Jörg against Christiansen. So um, someone's going to get some points there. Uh, but Sanderfjord are dropping like a lead balloon. I said this, no win in about 12 games. 
I think Hamcam should just about get over the line, but this is a high pressure game game coming up against Sanderfjord. Um, will it be a draw again? It probably will, won't it? The, the way it goes with with uh, with Hamcam, but uh, yeah, there's some there's some poor football being played in in the bottom half of the table at the moment, Jonathan. Unfortunately, some poor football teams trying to survive. You know that is that is the life, Steve. Mm. <laughs> it's look, there's pressure, but I mean, look, the there's still plenty to fight for. I still 14th is up for grabs. I mean, Yerv are not dead yet. I mean, that's astonishing. They've been, they've got 18 points and they're not dead quite yet. Um, so let, let's just see. There's still there's still plenty at stake, and uh, I, I actually think if Christensen c- could get into 14th spot, they're five points off it with three games left. Then I think they've they've got they've got the best chance uh, of all them three to survive the playoff. Um, but yeah, there's an awful lot riding on this Sanderfield versus Hamcam game. Um, obviously, if Hamcam win it, then they're safe. So let's see what happens there. Yeah, that, that's the big one, isn't it? This week at Sanderfield, Hamcam. Good luck to Tom Dent and the team there. Uh, I'm going to ask you a few listener questions to wrap it up. I think we've got quite a few. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, number one. Well, where, where do I start? Actually, <laughs> first one I'll say is. Just want to give a bit of a shout out to um, at History Russia. He says, fair play to Hacken. They've been solid, consistent, entertaining, worthy winners, in my opinion. Jurgen and perhaps ARK have been impacted by European competition and, Hap- and Hammerby, annoyingly fickle as always. I know he's a Hammerby supporter. Um, so thank you for your comment there. Unfortunately, you were right. You did predict them to bottle it, and they have, um, sadly for you and all Bajan fans. <clears throat> Steve. First question we have is from Andy Martin at FPL Tactician. Uh, loyal listener, very good follow as well if you like FPL. I'm very good on fantasy. If Christensen do go down, and I'm still not sure they will, would you expect a season like Brand have had in the Obos? Yeah, thanks for the question, Andy. Uh, they're not going to have as good a season as Brand have had. One loss, 25 wins out of 29. But... Um... I could see them going down and coming straight back up, yes, because if we look at the teams in recent years that go down to this division, the first couple of years down here are usually quite easy for them. And there's often a lot of immediate bounce-back promotion. Starbeck, um, I may as well congratulate them now, actually. They are now to 55 points, three clear of K from Oslo with one game left but they've got a, a, better, a goal difference, which is 16 goals better. So they're effectively up. So well done to Starbeck and Large Bahinen. Mian Dahlen obviously went down this year, and he's had, uh, he's had a massive impact, hasn't he? Since he uh, yeah, yeah, he has. Yeah, he has actually. I mean, he's not been in charge for long, but they weren't he's not the, lost the game. Places were they when he left? When he joined? He's not. Yeah, they sat. They sacked um, Eric Schoner after round twenty. Three-two loss to Shirdos Bing, and Bahinen's not lost lost a game yet. He's wow. won seven out of the nine, sorry, six out of nine. And he's also kept five clean sheets, six clean sheets. So, yeah, fair play to Large Bahinen, who's uh, who's done the business there. But they were always fancied to go well this year. I think, I think the squad was always there for for for, Star, for Starbeck. But still, nevertheless, to come in mid-season and, and do what he's done is 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 magnificent achievement there. But yeah, point being, teams that go down usually do quite well. Me and Darlin are down there in eighth place, and they've had a really turbulent year. 
obviously sacked Vegard Hansen after 17 years, but they started the year with seven wins out of eight. So I think, uh, you know, they'll probably rebound quite well next year. Christiansen don't have the resources that Brand have, but are they really going to lose many players if they go down Christiansen? Probably not that many. And I'd, I'd imagine they'll have a very good chance of at least finishing in the top six. So probably a very good chance of finishing in the top two. So I could certainly see them winning the league. And yes, not to the same level of, of Brand. I think probably 60 points will win the league next year. But um, I, I go, think they'll go well, yeah, if, if they do go down. Next question. Thank you so much, Andy. Next question for you, Steve. Um, well, I want to know your Division 2 surprises. Obviously, we just talked about Starbucks, mm. team overs out here for football. Um, any from your league, apart from st- obviously start well, Starbuck were relegated last season, so they're bouncing straight back. But any any other shocks? I think the big surprise is Frederick Stat, who finished so low, um, or it's going to be no better than 12th place. And a lot of thought they'd be in the playoffs. So disappointing year for them, but they eventually they've survived, which is kind of what they, they needed to do in the end. Probably Brandheim and Mjöndalen have been disappointing so far. Both teams can still qualify for the playoff, but um, they need other results to go their way with one match left. I wouldn't say there's been that many shocks, to be honest. Everyone thought Bram was going to win the league. Everyone thought Starbeck was going to get second place. That's what's happened. And I think that most of the playoff teams were quite predictable as well. Start, K for Moslow. You've got your likes of Sanders, Runheim, and Mjöndalen are in there. Probably Kongs Vinya is the, maybe the surprise. that uh, They're in fifth place right now. I think they're near enough confirmed in the playoffs um, because they've got a decent goal, goal difference. So probably Kongs Vinya are the pleasant surprise. And Song now, who are managed by the former Chelsea striker, Tor Andre Flo, have uh, perhaps been one of the big disappointments, especially in the last couple of games um, where they lost against uh, or relegated already relegated Growwood. So maybe Songdale have been a bit of an unpleasant surprise as well. Love that. Um, moving on. Now, when I Google this player, there's actually already a video on YouTube that says, welcome to Roma. Uh, it's Ola Solbakken, a Bruno Glimt, 24-year-old Norwegian, who I'm looking at him now, and apparently his contract is up in, in two months. He will be out of contract. So that is the prelude to the question from Paul F. Um, at Paul, F-O-L-0718-864. <laughs> it's like a telephone <laughs> number, isn't it? He says, yeah, I don't know if it's his phone number, but he says, has Solbank signed a pre-contract at Roma or Napoli? There was a lot of rumours, but never seen it confirm where he is going. And do you think he is good enough to succeed in Serie A? Now, just on his comment there, Steve, uh, Paul does actually have a point. There's a lot of when you Google Solbeck and there's a lot of stuff saying he's already signed for Roma. He's already um, expected to join. I've, I've seen one football report apparently saying that he's already joined them. A few others saying that he's already joined them. What, what's the latest on this? I read an article about this last week. I was going to mention it in the episode last week's podcast that um, he has basically said he's leaving the club, whatever. He's going to run his contract down and he will be a free agent, obviously, 1st of January. Um, and he's been linked with Roma for probably a whole year, to be honest with you. But he hasn't confirmed where he's going to go. He, he actually denied that he'd um, he'd sorted something with Roma. So it makes me wonder if there's another club or two still sniffing around and maybe he's still keeping his, con- his options open. Maybe he already has got something sorted. But yeah, he's going to leave uh, Buda Glimpse. And I think the ma- manager, Chetil Knutson, 
said he was disappointed that the way it's happened. I think they were hoping to get some money for this player. Um, so I saw a few people commenting, but you know, you know, glimpse you got him on a free yourself the same way because from uh, Ranheim, of course. Um, Ola Solbank is a winger, he is a 24 year old winger who certainly is impressed in you know, he's been impressed against Roma last season in the conference league, probably one of the main reasons they're interested in him. Is he good enough for Serie A? That is a very good question, Paul. I've got a good feeling he might not be, to be honest with you. Um, I'm not sure about him. I think the jury's out. It's a massive step up. To go from a Litasarian level to Serie A level in one jump, I think it's a, it's a huge one. And it's not something that... I don't think you can expect him to just, you know, join the club and, um, and, and set the, the ground on fire straight away. So I'm, I'm not sure... Myself, Alba, Alba struggled, didn't he? Against Milan, yeah. It's a look, it's a Serie A is quite a good league. I think it's actually on the up again. See, I've seen some of the teams play in Napoli. They've I mean, goodness league. me, they are a very good team this season, and I think it's a league that's back slightly on the up again. And um, I think mean, it's a difficult, difficult ask for him to go anywhere in there, certainly at a big club. And um, I think you, my gut feeling is he probably isn't good enough for, for one of the really big sides. If he went somewhere like mid-table, like I say, a Sassuolo or something, then maybe. But um, be, don't get me wrong, he's an asset if someone who gets him. But uh, I don't yeah. think you can expect miracles from him, I think is what I'm pointing at, trying to get at. Yeah, 29 games a season, four goals, uh, sorry, 11 goals, eight assists, according to Transfer Marked, uh, four elite to seven goals, six in the Conference League, uh, one in the qualifiers. So um, thank you to Paul for your question. Big jump that. Like you said, Hauger obviously went to Milan, didn't quite work out for him. Um, we've got one, I think, one or two final questions. One from uh, Barisi Show, um, another listener, sort of loyal listener of the podcast. Always enjoy your comments, Mr. At it's Barisha. Disappointing season for Viking. Where do you think it's gone wrong for them? Has the loss of Veton Barisha been as major as I believe it to be? I'm biased, obviously, lol. Um, Probably you would say you are biased considering his uh, Twitter handle is it's, it's Barisha <laughs> and the name of the account is Barisha Show. But uh, Viking, yeah, um, disappointing. I didn't I say in a, a podcast episode a few weeks ago I could see them really slipping down the table because it just isn't happening for them right now. I think there's three factors that have happened they lost players in the transfer window. Key players such as Barisha, Sebi Olsen went as well. And it also had some bad injuries like Stensnes. There was two or three others. I think Tripic was hardly fit throughout the summer, fully fit anyway. And they had the brutal European qualifying run, which ended in heartbreaking fashion in the last minute, of course, against, um, who was it? Was it Slavia Prague or something like that? No, they beat Slavia Prague. I've forgotten the team that they lost to. FC uh, uh, Bucharest. The Romanian outfit. Anyway, it was a it was a heartbreaking finish for them. They had a great run in Europe, and um, it's difficult, isn't it, when you suffer like that? But they've had like three wins in eighteen or nineteen league games. I mean, that that's relegation form, isn't it? It's just fortunate for them they had such a great start to the season, and um, it's one of them. I think they've just got to write it off and start next season afresh. They're still in the in the Norwegian Cup, and uh, they can try and win that at the in the spring, which would be good for them. And I think they, they they did did not replace Barisha. 
fundamentally at all. So when you lose your best player and your top scorer and don't even bring a proper replacement in, you're asking for trouble, aren't you? So obviously it's uh, in the winter that the prime target is to get a, a quality striker. But they're a club with resources. They're a club uh, which has uh, pulling power. And I don't know what they're going to do with the managerial situation. Let's wait and see. I expect there'll be quite a lot of changes in the off-season, but I feel like it's a club that can rebound quickly next season. And, and they've just got to write this one off now. But I think Sunday was almost the... I mean, they were they, they nearly lost a year, for goodness sake. And year were playing like their third game in seven days. So very poor result for, for Viking. They've not been good enough recently. Yeah, they drew to all of a year at the weekend, as mentioned. Um, they played Svensson and Cabran up front. Uh, my man, my Traore, got on the score sheet for... Oh, he's not good enough. I mean, they've tried to go with him, but I just fundamentally he's not good enough to lead the line at a club like Viking, in my opinion. So Yeah, well, he's a winger, really. I don't think he's a well, he's, well, yeah, he is. He is he's a winger, yeah. He's not an out-and-out centre-forward, um, is he? Formerly of Vaseline in, in Sweden. That's why I know him, third tier. was very, very good at the third tier level um, and then did quite well in Super Retin as well. But, yeah, maybe he's struggling. Barisha, to be fair, um, you might not like me saying this, Mr. It's Barisha, but he's not really done it at Hammerby. I think it's been a disappointing uh, run for him. I mentioned it in part one, but so you could argue maybe, maybe he could have just stayed in Viking, but I think he's got a good character. I think he's a winner and I think he works hard for the team, but it just doesn't seem to have worked for him at Hammerby. But um, mm, Patrick Bamford does that for Leeds, doesn't he? But he doesn't score goals. So yeah, you're well, a striker, you judge on your goals, aren't you? I don't think he's had a huge amount of service at Hammerby. I think, I think, I don't think I could conclude that he's not a good finisher. But I just feel like they haven't really given him the service he needs. Um, but anyway, that could be 50, you know, half of one. Was it half of one, half a dozen the other? Or 50% Six of one and half a dozen of another. <laughs> I'm going to say 50% of one and half a dozen the other. <laughs> you can tell we're recording late, late in the late evening. Um, I'm checking out now. That's it. We're done. Uh, where can we find you, Steve? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Meatman Soccer. Yeah, and you can find me uh, at JF Football, J-F-F-U-T-B-O-L. We had some nice comments this week um, from some listeners in Sweden, so I'm really happy about that. So I hope you enjoy the podcast, and we will be back next week to discuss what has happened in that big Gothenburg derby. Um, if anyone wants to offer me a ticket to go out there, my DMs are open on Twitter. <laughs> I will gladly attend that game if anyone can find me a cheap flight. But... Uh, the days of £50 flights to Gothenburg are over, Steve. I think the prices... You might have to ferry, ferry it across. <laughs> the prices were a bit beyond my budget at this Take moment. Take a slow time. boat to Gothenburg. <laughs> Sadly, I won't be there, but I will certainly be keeping an eye on it. But uh, thanks so much again for everyone who's listened. Really appreciate all your support. Please give it a retweet or comment or a like or a share on Twitter, on on YouTube. Um and also just in terms of the iTunes ratings or Spotify ratings, if you could give us five stars, we always appreciate that. It always helps spread the word, but that'll be it. So uh, until the next time, Steve, I hope you have a lot more whining and dining at Ellen Road and uh, see you again soon. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Uh, a pleasure as always. Take care, everyone, and uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>